Hello and welcome to another episode of Talk Jola, a podcast series by Weird Kaya. I'm your host Sarah, and today, um, it's going to be me solo once again. Um, you may be wondering why? Why is it another solo episode? But um, there's actually a very special reason for it. So, for those that don't know, um, actually this year October marks the first anniversary of our podcast program. So, um, it has been one year. Time really flies, and um, myself as the host, I'm actually very proud to say that um, I I am honored to produce um, so far around uh, eleven to twelve episodes about topics that uh, relate to Malaysians and the you know some thought provoking topics that. Um, should be talked more in Malaysian society. So um, to all our listeners, I just want to first of all say thank you for tuning in all this while to our program. Um, it has been a really huge uh, show of support and I really appreciate it. So since today, or should I say this month, is the first anniversary of Talk Jala, um, I actually decided that, hey, let's just do something special. So for today's episode, um, I'm just going to do a AMA session. Um, AMA means ask me anything. So um, we actually uh, posted um, a poll on our Insta story. So and we actually asked our followers what are some of the questions that they want to ask either about Tokjela or about Weird Kaya as a whole. So today I'll just be breaking down and answering some of the questions that um, I have received. Um, via our Instagram story. So let's jump right into it. Okay, so the first question is, how did Talk Jala come into existence? Um, right, so I don't think we've ever talked about how, like, what were the early beginnings of this podcast. So um, I'm just going to give a very brief summary of it. So Talk Jala was actually formed last year in October. And actually... We didn't really have any plans to do a podcast. Uh, truth be told, because um, at that time, we wanted to focus on producing content. It's just that um, podcast wasn't really uh, one of the avenues that we considered venturing to. So when some of our team members came to me and said, Hey, Sarah, um, do you want to host a podcast episode? Do you want to host such a program where it's 100% by you? And um, I won't lie, when they first approached me about it, I was a little bit scared because um, I'm an introvert and speaking to large groups of people, be it physically or even online, uh, makes me break into cold sweat. So initially, I was quite reluctant and I was like, ah, no, 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 maybe you guys should either find someone else or we don't even, you know, um, launch this at all. But uh, I have to say that uh, the team members were quite encouraging. They told me to at least try because if you don't try, you never know, right? So um, I took their advice and then, um, yeah, so here we are. So um, I would say that I personally have come a long way from hosting this, um, this podcast. I have had the privilege of um, talking to prominent people people who are experts in certain topics. Like, for example, I would say uh, one of the uh, VIPs that appeared on our podcast would be uh, YB Ong Ming. 
of the MP for Bangi. So yeah, he was one of our what you would say like the top guns to actually appear on our podcast program. So um yeah, so you can actually listen back to um the discussion that I had with him concerning um proficiency in BM among Malaysians. So yeah, feel free to check it out. So I would say that along the way, aside from politicians, I've also managed to talk to um you know Malaysians from different walks of life, but also and also experts on different um, areas of their profession. So, like for example, I've talked to a counselor to speak to her about mental health. I also talked to um, a Malaysian who actually has a double degree at Harvard. So, yeah. So these are the these are the very ordinary but um, special Malaysians that I've been. Um, able to come in contact with and invite them to the show. So this is basically how uh, Tongjila came into being. Yeah, it, do- it doesn't sound fancy, but um, well, every great thing often has humble beginnings. And I hope to see that Tongjila uh, one day will hopefully be as popular as um, some of the podcasts that are currently in the market. Okay, so that's question number one. And then question number two is, what is your most favorite episode? Um, hmm, I would say for me personally, it would be our very first episode where um, I actually invited two of uh, Weird Kaya's own team members um, to talk about different schooling systems, um, namely public schools, um, independent schools, and homeschooling. And I think that episode um, garnered quite a bit of attention as well because um, especially when it comes to homeschooling because homeschooling is a relatively new concept here in Malaysia um, as compared to Western countries. So um, for those that uh, have no idea what homeschooling is, it is almost exactly as the name suggests. Um, You go to school except that um, it's at home. You study at the comfort of your home, and then your tutors um, can either they either come to your house or you go to a homeschooling center to actually um, study. But what makes it different is that uh, you don't you don't have to wear the uniform as what is required at most uh, Malaysian schools. And then sometimes the syllabus that's being taught is way different from um, Malaysian syllabus as well. So like for me, myself, I was homeschooled for around seven to eight years. And the syllabus that I studied was American. So I actually learned a lot about world history, American history, American politics. And I would say that um, that, that, that episode of me sharing my experience as a homeschooler um, is um, it's quite eye-opening and at the same time, I was able to um, listen to different stories, different experiences of people who have went to, to uh, independent schools or um, national type schools. So I would say that that episode is one of my favorites um, just because um, we, I'm able to know more about our our Malaysian school system and uh, in a broader sense because almost half of my life, half of my schooling life was spent at home. So I didn't really have much exposure to what was going on outside of the four walls of my house. Right. And then um, I would say another, I wouldn't say favorite, but I would say one that I feel that is the most impactful 
would be the one that uh, I talk to a registered counselor about mental health. So, uh, for for me personally, I am quite big on mental health because I personally believe that mental health is something that needs to be talked about more. It should not be, it should not be a subject where it draws stigma or it draws a neg- negative connotations, because everyone at the end of the day, we are all humans. We have, we all have our moments of weakness, and I also, uh, I also believe that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. In fact, it is a very, it's a very key component of our, of our human nature. You know, we were created to be vulnerable, you know, and that's what makes us human. So um, I would say the episode about mental health um, was quite eye-opening. And I actually learned a lot from speaking to the registered counsellor about, you know, how counsellors, what do they talk about? um, How do they deal with with people who have um, serious mental health issues? You know, the myths that um, often surround um, people suffering from mental health issues and I think the most interesting part um, that was uh, said during the episode was that um, the counsellor even said that even they themselves are counsellors they themselves need therapy as well which I would say was something new for me because I always had this impression that counsellors are very tough mentally in a sense where they are taking on a job that requires them to almost 24-7 listen to people pouring out their hearts, pouring out their deepest, darkest secrets and also their, you know, whatever personal problems that they may have. And I never thought that, you know, even counsellors themselves need to take a break and say that, hey, I need to recharge. I need to go for therapy to get all of these, um, you know, all of these um, sad, depressing stories out of my system so that they can feel rejuvenated and help their patients better uh, in future counseling sessions. So I would say that uh, that episode for me personally is quite was quite uh, insightful, and um, I sincerely hope that uh, those that actually tuned into the episode, I hope that has helped you to um, to reach out to those who are suffering from mental health issues, and also if you so happen are one who who suffers from mental health issues. Um, I hope that that episode has given you courage, at least given you a little bit of courage to to step out and um, you know seek help. You know, yeah, don't don't keep it all to yourself. So yeah, that that would be two of the uh, episodes that left a lasting impression on me. Okay, then next question ah. Okay, let's see. Hmm. So this person actually asked. How do you deal with negative feedback? Wow, okay, that is a very... That is a, I think that is a question that... Um, that's an issue that everyone, regardless of whatever job scope you are in, you will face every day. But I would say the for, for us in the media line, um, negative feedback can work both ways. Uh, because we are in an era of social media and, you know... Feedback can either be constructive or harmful. So for me personally, because I I'm an editor at Webkaya, so I do every now and then I do see what's being uh, written or the comments that's being given over our content. So if I see a content uh, that I perceive as um, constructive criticism, I will take it in 
and I will, you know, think it through and, you know, work on the areas that are not up to par as pointed out by the, by the readers, by our followers. But then how about negative feedback? So um, I would say for me is I, whenever I face negative feedback over our content, uh, the first thing I will do is that I will consult the team and then, you know, notify them and also, um, you know, discuss with them on whether is the negative feedback legit or not. Because, you know, we all know that in social media, all of us, we now have the ability to hide behind our screens, behind an anonymous account and spill whatever um, statement that runs through our mind, whether it's um, true or not. So... Um, sometimes it's a little bit for us um, as content creators it's quite hard for us to determine whether is it like um, whether is the is the feedback truly helpful or not but when we do know that is um, one that's being posted by a cyber trooper or by an online troll uh, what um, we would normally do is that we will ignore it you know ignoring is always the best thing you know you can't um, because Trolls and cyber troopers, they get quote unquote excited when they provoke people, when they provoke a response from the other party. So I would say the best the the, the most effective way that we use to to deal with negative feedback, especially those that are untrue, is to ignore them. You know, don't give them the attention that they want, just let them rant whatever they want and because I believe in time, um we will be proven, quote-unquote, innocent. Innocence in the sense where these um, accusations, these statements do not stick. So, and I believe that over time, um, our quality will speak for itself as well. So, that would be number one. And then number two would be, um, you know, if you ever... I, would, I always believe that it's best to fight toxicity with kindness yeah i mean some people say that oh you know this person is so toxic um i sincerely i don't think this person will ever change no matter how hard you try to be kind to that person but um i think everyone whether or not they are they are online cyber troopers or they are trolls or not i think kindness has the ability to change a person it's just that um it takes a longer time and none of us actually likes to wait. We want to see immediate results. But I do believe that fighting toxicity with kindness actually has a positive impact on everyone who's involved. You don't get um, affected by the um, negative or the toxic comments. And on the other side of the party, if they are receptive to your kindness, they will eventually change and then you will hopefully see the error of their way. So this is how I um, really think that uh, can be a, another way of dealing with online toxicity. You be kind to them. And if you so happen to know the person who is behind those toxic comments, um, I would say you have to be patient with them and then try to understand why are they acting in such a way? Is it because... Um, Something has happened to them. They have a bad experience. That's why they are acting in such a manner. Um, I would say that human behavior is very complicated. There's a lot of reasons as to why people behave in a certain way. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I would say that these two ways are uh, what I would do to 
combat with negative feedback, um, especially the ones that are toxic or untrue. Okay, then um, the next one is this. Okay, so this person asks, what topics do you think should be talked about more? Oh, okay. Um, I would say uh, number one, as I've mentioned and reiterated previously, is we need to talk about mental health more. Um, I would say that throughout the two years of COVID, uh, we have seen the devastating effects of mental health issues when they are being when they are not addressed and they are being swept under the rug. Um, countless lives has countless lives have been lost. You know. Families are torn apart and many are still grieving and they don't know where to find your answers from. And I, um, I mean, credit, we still have to give credit where credit is due, where um, certain state governments, they are actually working towards to uh, talk about mental health issues in a more open and transparent manner. And um, like for example, the authorities in Penang, they are considering to put safety nets because um, the Penang Bridge um, was a hotspot at a certain period of time so um, but I think aside from that I still feel that uh, it's not being talked enough among um, the Malaysian community in a sense where when we talk whenever somebody says that oh I'm struggling with depression I have suicidal ideation um, the first response is normally like oh you must be crazy you know time to go time to pay a visit to Tanjong Rambutan and then probably they will put you in a straight jacket and yeah let you you know, go insane over that. But the thing, like, um, if you listen back to our episode with the counsellor, people who struggle with mental health issues are one of the most brilliant minds out there. It's just that these mental health issues are what is what is keeping them from moving on to greater heights. So I think this is something that needs to be taught more. And first and foremost of all, suicide needs to be decriminalised. Um, I know there have been news that um, the government is working um, is working towards making this into law. But until this piece of legislation is passed, um, I don't think we, we as a community will be able to move on together and be a little bit more compassionate, be a little bit more sympathetic to those who are being tormented by um, mental health issues. And... Um, yeah, and I think that um, our laws should work to help them, not to punish them, not to throw them into prison, not to impose a fine on them, you know, and treat them as a criminal when they actually need help. So that would be the first area. And then second area would be, um, yeah, everyone's talking about it now. Um, yesterday, our Prime Minister announced that Parliament has been dissolved. And now everyone's talking about politics, everyone's talking about voting. So... Um, another thing that I feel is not talked about more is political awareness among young people. Um, can't, I don't know about now, but I would say among my social circle, a lot of my friends around my age or even younger, they have little idea of what's going on in the political realm. Like I was just having a conversation with two friends and I asked them, I said, do you have any idea who the prime minister is right now? And they thought for a while, they looked at me and they were like, um... Is it Mohidin? And I was like, no, it's not Mohidin, it's Sabri. Then you're like, huh? We actually had a change in Prime Minister. I'm like, yeah, I mean, Sabri has been here for at least three to four months. So it is these instances that um, 
really makes you wonder how how politically aware uh, Malaysians are about the political scene in our country. And it is very important because now with only 18, um, there will be more young voters who will be included into the into the voting list. And they are considered like the quote-unquote kingmakers where their votes can actually make or break a political party's performance at the polls. So um, I know that um, talking about politics is it's a subject that most people will find boring and irrelevant because you know, most young people, they will say, I have better things to worry about than wondering about whether this policy will affect me or not. I have, I want to, I'm worrying over whether I can graduate, whether I can get a job. But a lot of the times, we don't realize that every little policy that's being passed by our government actually affects our life uh, in both big and small ways. So I, I would say that to have a basic knowledge of who your Adun and your MP is, is a good start. At least know who you're voting for. Because if you don't know who you're voting for, your ballot is not going to count for anything because you will just probably listen to to people, um, pe- other people's opinions, other people's critique or praise for a certain politician. And you'll be like, oh, okay, that, that guy or that or that um, MP should be, should be okay because my friends say so. No, I honestly think that when you vote, you vote for yourself. You don't vote because of somebody else or because you you uh, favor that person's opinion more. Because voting is something that uh, holds the country's future in the balance. It is how democracies are formed and destroyed. So to all the voters who will be voting for the first time this year in the upcoming GE15, if you haven't registered, please go and register now, okay, before the polling date is announced. And if you don't know how, you can actually check out our article on Red Kaya where we actually outline the steps on how to register as a voter, especially for those who are doing so for the first time. Vote. Um, vote even if you feel that whatever candidates that are out there um, is not a good choice. Because... Voting is a responsibility. It's your responsibility as a citizen and I would say I would advise you vote according to your conscience. Don't let other people's opinions um, affect you or influence you in deciding who to vote for, but vote according to your conscience, vote according to your principles. And if you have friends who have yet to register or they have shown no interest in voting, please do your best to convince them because our country's future hangs in the balance and it all starts with us. Yes. Even through a simple action of voting, it can actually make a huge difference. Just look at 2018. People thought that it would never happen, but the impossible happened. So never underestimate the power of your vote for this upcoming GE15. Alright? So, yeah. So this is actually the end of um, all the questions that's being posed to us. So, um, thank you very much for listening in to this um, AMA version of Talk Jala. Um, I hope that um, this episode has um, caused you to um, you know, learn a little bit more about our podcast. And also, um, and I just want to thank all of you again who have been faithfully supporting Red Kaya and tuning in and um, 
following our content. I just want to say another big thank you to all of you and I hope to see your continued support uh, for the many years to come. Right. So if you want to follow Weird Kaya and check out more of our content, you can follow us on our social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and many more. So take care and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.